This is the Pickup Line Podcast, our chance to take you behind the scenes with the people we love. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. I don't know if you're like me, but in the last 24 hours, we had some warm weather and it sent me into a little bit of a tizzy realizing that it's no longer winter and that summer is coming. And I took out the calendar and realized that we have eighth grade graduation coming and we have Father's Day coming, and we have teacher's gifts, and it's sort of like that overwhelm, which I know our guest today can relate to. She is a busy mom who is also someone who wears three hats and can relate to the fact that there are lots of gifts to buy this time of year. So Christina, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, good morning. Good morning, so let's start with Boombox. One of the hats that you wear, is being the founder and creator of this amazing company that has these fantastic gifts that are certainly not something that looks like you ran out and got a Starbucks card. There is so (laughs) much beauty and thought behind it. Can you, since we're a podcast and we can't show people, can you start by just kind of describing what a boombox is? Yeah. So boombox was born when my best friends from college, the year we were all turning 40 in kind of quick succession over a 12 month period. And it started with my Amy, my, uh, I went to college at Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee. So my friends are sort of naturally scattered all over the country. And Amy was the first to turn 40. She happens to live in Nashville now. And our goal was to find a pretty jewelry box and to fill it with cards and our goal was 40 messages for her 40th birthday and to track down her friends from high school, her family members, her first boss, her um, neighbors in Nashville, who those of us that are close to her from college don't necessarily know that well. So we kind of set out with a little bit of detective work over email to just try to get messages. No photos, nothing fancy, just cards for her. Um, And I printed them on my home computer on paper that I found at Papyrus and bought a jewelry box um, at the mall and all of a sudden had this deeply emotional reaction to this process myself as the gift giver. I'm kind of the creative one among my group of friends. So I raised my hand and took the project on And it was so emotional for me to just put it together for her that I knew there was something there. Um, I felt like I was privy to all these aspects of her life that I didn't really know. And um, she's one of the closest friends I have. So I couldn't wait to give it to her and felt like I, I was like, just sort of bouncing with energy on the flight to Florida to, to celebrate her 40th birthday. And sure enough, it had obviously an even deeper impact on her. So an idea was born that weekend, which is now five years ago. Um, a, a month later, my father turned 70. I did the same process for him. He'll be 75 this weekend. Wow. Um, and this, I, I just kind of kept going from there. And I knew there was something special. Um, we have technology like Paperless Post or Evite that help mm-hmm. us gather around and organize parties. So my original intention was, well, why can't I find technology similar to that? Mm-hmm. But instead of collecting RSVPs for a party, I'm collecting messages and ultimately photos too for someone special in your life. So um, that was the genesis for Boombox, which is now a thriving business. It's three and a half years old. We've created thousands of boxes for people all over the world um, for, you know, not just 40th and 70th birthdays, but right. for really kind of every moment under the sun from birth to memorials where you want to give more than a gift. You actually want to like kind of gather around someone and collaborate and share their life story back to them 
by the people that they've touched along the way. That's kind of the easiest way for me to describe the experience. And so for me, as someone who has, I mean, I, you know, I think I'm thoughtful and I think I come up with ideas. Like I'm much more of an idea person than someone who's able to execute. So it almost is like, um, like for people like myself where the execution is crippling, I would imagine that a lot of the um, reaction is that it facilitates and makes something so thoughtful and that so time consuming into something that's tangible for people like me. Yes. I mean, I say it's sort of a digital DIY experience. So you are, our customers are called gift givers in our language because you're not just a customer. You're not pointing and clicking and buying something. You're actually giving a gift and you're collaborating with us yeah. in that process. So our, our gift givers are, are basically looking for the alternative to the DIY nightmare that, you know, we often hear from people who are like, oh my gosh, we did this for my mom's 70th, but it was an album and it was a nightmare. And I mailed, you know, I mailed self-addressed envelopes to people all over (laughs) and I got these things back. And and that's where I would like punch off the clock. Yeah, totally. And people just like kind of like throw their hands in the air and give up or it doesn't look as good as they want it to, or, you know, it's all the, our competition is really the DIY thing that you gave up on. Or um, for most of us who are not scrapbookers, it's, it's just too much. So the process works a lot like it feels when you do an Evite or a paperless post, you come into Boombox, you first select a box. The boxes themselves are really, really decorative objects that are beautiful, that look great in your home. We have a collection of about 10 or 12 different designs. They're not branded. They're really meant to fit into your life, whatever your style is, from lacquer to bone inlay and different colors for men and women and children. Um, So the, the first decision you have to make as a gift giver is which box you think fits best into your recipient's lifestyle, into their home. Um, You purchase the box and you select a certain number of cards that you're going to want inside, ranging from 50 to 150. So if it's a teacher gift, you'll probably choose more along the lines of 50 and invite students and their parents to write a note to the teacher. If it's an 80th birthday present, you're going to want 150 cards because you're going to want to also load the the box with old family photos and scanned images in addition to the messages. Um, So you buy the box first and then you digitally come in and, and you have a dashboard that you're working from. So the same way if you're organizing a party online, you're looking at RSVPs as they come in. And maybe you're hitting a, a reminder to those that are, have an RSVP'd yet. The Boombox digital experience feels a lot like that. So you're seeing messages in real time as they come in. Um, the, the contributors are not seeing each other's messages because obviously okay. we want to honor their privacy. Right. Um, but the gift giver is kind of like the project manager. You're in the driver's seat. You're looking at all that content. You can also edit it if you see they spelled Charlie with an IE instead of an EY. Mm-hmm. The gift giver can hit the pencil and fix that. Um, they can add photos and pair photos with certain people's messages if they've got an old stack of photos for their parents or their loved one. So they're sort of taking the content that comes in from other people and then they can add to it um, themselves. And that all does need to be done digitally. So we don't, we don't receive your box of photos and digitize it for you. There are other services that do that for you and they're doing it well. We're more about the experience of helping people just click on an email write a note, and then poof, boom, they're collaborating on something that's much, much larger than that one single message would be, Right. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 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 it does. So, so one thing that I loved that I saw recently was, I'm, I'm sure most people listening know that Kathy Lee left 
um, today. Yes, and yes. there was a boombox presentation that was like very, if you, if anyone saw it, you're like, okay, now I, boom, I get it. I get it. Kathy Lee for us was like the perfect person to receive a boombox because she's, she is such a loving, giving personality. And for people to give back to her, you know, and, you know, if you watched her last week on the show, they were honoring her daily with lots of video montages and all the anchors and hosts were doing a lot of that by video, Mm -hmm. but the boom box that she received, which you didn't, you know, there's no way to tell the full backstory on this on, on, on TV and and live TV, Mm -hmm. but the boom box was filled with messages from all the behind the scenes staff. So there were over 120 staff members at 30 Rock who all participated in wow. that and wrote her cards. And those are the people on the crew and in the back part of the show, behind the camera, off the scenes, who wouldn't normally be in those big video montages right. you know, that, that yeah. feature all the hosts. And so it was really special because it gave us a chance to help that team yeah. um, you know, participate in and honor her in a way that... Um, probably wouldn't have happened on the air. It made our team feel really proud um, because, you know, we've been working heads down, deep in technology to make this really possible for people. And, um, you know, the coordination with our print production partners and our boxes and our making sure that it is a digital experience to create a box, but the end result is a physical, tangible, really exquisite and personal piece of uh, you know, your life. It's a time capsule. And so our team works tirelessly seven days a week to make that possible for every single gift giver, no matter who they are. So it doesn't matter if you're on television, this is your mom's gift. It needs to feel to our team like it's our mom's gift. Right. And so, and that's really the, that's the pride I feel of three and a half years into this business is having the team around it that cares as much as our gift givers do. And that comes through. And so for my team, I felt so proud that day because I want them to see their hard work, um, you know, kind of celebrated out in the world and, you know, podcasts like this and shows like that are just a way for us to, to tell more people about what we do. And it makes me proud as a business owner to be able to do that for my team. How big is your team? Because to me, in my head, for for everything that you do and the amount of work that I, who am not inclined or whatever, talented in that department, um, the idea of, of how much work I think must go into that, I, I picture like Santa's workshop and like a million people <laughs> working on like a million hours to do that, just because like organizationally, even speaking, like we are smaller than you think. I yeah, don't well, so actually... Yeah, I don't so disclose some of the details of okay, the business yeah, 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 and no, how we it. work behind the scenes. I get it. There are others out there who I think probably want to catch on and snatch what we do. But I will say we are, we are smaller than you think. We are all human beings that are here in the U.S. that are um, working really hard to make sure, again, that that experience feels personal and, and special. Right. Um, it's surprising to me how low the bar is to make people feel cared for in a digital environment. Um, The primary way that we communicate with our, with our gift givers and with their contributors is by email. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't automate a reply to you. So if you email hello at boombox gifts right now, you will not receive an auto reply that says, thanks for your message. We'll get back to you in 24, 24 hours. We don't do that. We just simply reply to you and answer your question. 
Um, and we have a lot of, you know, it's, it's almost like an iceberg experience. So the tip of the iceberg are the people, are the concierge team that you are communicating with personally. Underneath that iceberg is a ton of technology that is helping us to um, manage all of your memories, manage all of the people that you're including in a box. An average box includes about 100 people. Oh my God. Um, and then all of their content underneath yeah. that. And mm -hmm. also all the project management that's required to make sure your project's a success. So if okay. you order a box and you don't get to the finish line, that's a failure for us. Um, so there's a lot of technology that helps facilitate that process. Well, and it's obviously a large part of the secret sauce is the people who are, who are like what you just said, that you're actually, you know, responding. I totally get not disclosing um, what's really going on because that's sort of similar to the pickup line. It's like you just need to enjoy and love the product and we're so happy for you to imagine what's going on in our newsroom. I guess a better question is who... What are like the backgrounds of the people who are doing this with you? Like, yeah, with you? yeah, that's a great question. I feel question. like it must be, it must be such a rich background of um, skills and personalities, right? Is it like sort of like a, a mishmash of different backgrounds that make it all into yeah. this magical yeah. thing? Yeah, we are a mishmash of different backgrounds for sure. And, um, you know, we... Um, I'll give you the example of Pamela, who is the director of customer experience for us. Pamela is a former ballerina and mm. a former third grade teacher. Oh my gosh. Um, so she does not have a design or technology background, but she's basically the most precise and organized and caring and empathetic mm -hmm. person that you could possibly put in the yes. position she's in because um, she's very patient and she also does not let a speck of dust of a detail pass by wow. her. So that her background is not in, you know, startup and the tech world, yeah. but we rely on other people to handle the tech piece. And what we need is the person like Pamela in the role that she's in, um, to do that level of caring. Um, Chelsea, who also works on our team has her degree in social work. Um, and was also a um, caregiver for families here in New York City for many years as she was pursuing her college degree. She um, also grew up in Vermont and her mother ran an in-home daycare in their home. So Chelsea yeah. is a caregiver mm -hmm. as much as she is, you know, a, a millennial who's a tech digital native yeah. who, um, you know, happens to really run the primary communication between our tech team and our concierge team. And she also works and kind of has her hands in all aspects of the business. Right. But Chelsea, you know, Chelsea didn't come up with a de degree in computer science or a right. degree in, in graphic design. And so I think for me, the first thing in hiring and the first thing in building a team, particularly when you're a startup, like you are all in, everybody mm -hmm. needs to be all in. Everybody needs <laughs> to feel really passionate yeah. about the, the, the business and yep. um, and want it to succeed the same way you want people to succeed. So the the um, the number one thing I need is for people to care as right. much as much about every detail of every box that passes through our studio as they would care about their own mom's birthday or their best friend's wedding. Um, and if they can do that, then we can teach the rest. So. You obviously, I mean, this came from an idea that came from your friends and you turning 40. Like right before you turned 40, you'd been at home with the kids for 
several years, right? You worked, yeah. then you took time off. And then right around your 40th birthday, you decided to, and I'm looking right now at your, um, at your Twitter, like bio, you're the, the founder and CEO of Boombox Gifts. You're a brand strategist and an author. And all of those things happened after 40. I mean, that's like a, a serious uh, example of, of a second act. Like, <laughs> that's what Willie says. That's what my husband says. He's like, what's your second act? Um, I mean, you're, you, you actually have like your second, third, fourth, like you've already taken care of all those other acts. So yeah, like, well, I don't know. I think though those things happened because I was 40. Yes. So, I get that. I get you know, I, I think, I mean, the, the, I came out of college thinking I was going to work in television news and I did for the first year. Um, all my internships were in writing and um, directing me towards that pathway. And I worked the first year out of college at the CBS station in Nashville where I went to school and realized quickly that actually it wasn't the right fit for me and found myself saying no at age 23 and really scared about well, what am I supposed to do now? Um, ironically, now I'm married to a television news person who was my boyfriend at the time and who would moved home to mow lawns and deliver liquor and figure out what his job was. And by the time he was starting his first job at CNN in Atlanta, I was quitting my first job. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of ironic that we're back where we are now 20 plus years later. But in any event, I then set on this path as a marketing mutt. I basically learned marketing, corporate communications, branding, all this stuff, the advertising, all this stuff that I was probably supposed to do that I probably should have gone to school for. Mm -hmm. um, I just learned then kind of on the, on the job in my, um, in my twenties and landed at Interbrand, which is a really large global branding agency here in mm -hmm. New York. And then at Johnson and Johnson and worked in house there in the global design office. Um, and I've always been the first person to raise my hand in a brainstorm. And I am, it took me a while in my life to realize like, Oh, I'm a creative. I didn't realize this about myself, but I'm a creative writer. I just kind of always found places at work to do creative writing because it was the jobs I ended up in, but I didn't go to school for it. And, you know, it was kind of, I figured it out as I, as it happened. So, um, True Geist is a branding and strategy firm that I run with Todd True, who used to be my creative director at both Interbrand and at Johnson & Johnson, who's like my creative big brother. He's a designer. He thinks in, in pictures. And I'm the, they call my job strategy, but really I'm a writer and I think in words. So we work together on branding projects where for something like Boombox, we come up with the name, we come up, come up with the Which logo. Which is a genius name. I mean. Thank you. Thanks. It's such a great play on the, 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 the word and like obviously the, the impact of something. Yeah, totally. It, it, and that's, that's thank you. That's, it, that's probably my proudest naming accomplishment yeah. in my branding work, but that's, um, yeah. And it takes a while. It's like something so simple. It actually like, it's, it's like, it's sort of excruciating to name something. It like mm -hmm. takes me a really long time. And mm -hmm. I, I dream names. Like I'll, if I, I can only kind of handle one naming project at a time in the true <laughs> studio because it really does consume me and uh -huh. thinking about it kind of constantly. But so that work we do at true Geist, And then all of my income from that startup, which is now four years old, I have funneled directly into Boombox and self-funded Boombox. So True Guys doesn't have any overhead. We need our brains and our laptops. And you know, every now and then we hop on a plane when we need to see a client and present work. But mm -hmm. basically you have to show up and be smart and be creative every day there. And because that business didn't require more than that from us to start it, 
right. I then was able to just funnel all that income straight into Boombox and build it. So I basically work with my left hand to fund my right, which is right. not a typical startup story. It's not a typical way to fund a startup by yeah. any means, but it's worked for me because it's enabled us to stay autonomous and to kind of grow it at a pace that's been right and not um, kind of explosive growth that like a venture capital firm or um, an outside investor might demand of a young right. business. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have had pretty explosive growth. We've grown 85% in 2018 oh and gosh. we're, you know, 2019 has slowed down a bit, but we are really steadily growing. So it's a great startup story, but it's not the traditional path to getting there. Um, and then my children's books are like my passion project. I was writing them when I was home with my kids for four years and managed to get one sold um, to Random House right around my 40th birthday. So I had um, my first picture book, Buddy's Bedtime Battery, was released in 2016. And my second book, which is called Sorry Grownups, You Can't Go to School, releases in July. So it's, um, it's on pre-order now, and we're kind of waiting on our, the edge of our seats for that. I mean, you're obviously a creative, and it is probably self-propelled, and you probably couldn't live any other way, I'm guessing. But like, how hard is that? How hard is it to be doing all of those things? Um, yeah, thanks. I think um, <laughs> you're so nice. Um, I wish we could talk every day and start yeah, this I way. It would make it really is a sunny way to start a Tuesday. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I'm, I live in a pretty compartmentalized way. So I um, I keep office space actually in in New York City. Our office space is in the same building I live in. So first Fantastic. and foremost, I can uh, right now. I happen to be in my apartment because it's quieter. Um, I'll hang up on the podcast and go downstairs in my vans and, you know, the boombox team will be in the office today and we'll jump into whatever needs to happen. Um, I drop my kids at the school bus at about seven 30 in the morning. So I, and that's not far from my house and I don't have commute time. So that right there shaves two hours off of my day that yeah. other people are, are typically spending on trains or in their car. So I feel mm -hmm. lucky for that. Um, and I, um, I have wonderful help with the kids. I mean, I don't do everything. I'm not at school at three o'clock every day. I'm, you know, a lot of times we're eating a rotisserie chicken for dinner that I called or even our sitter called and it showed up and it's okay. As long as we sit yep. and have quality time together and we're not eating a pizza every night, I'm just less concerned about who makes the food and more about the fact that we sit and enjoy it together. So I've basically kind of given up on some of the things that are, can be all consuming as a mom. And mm -hmm. I, I was on the executive team of the parents association when the kids were little and I wasn't working and I'm not on it anymore. I had to stop kind of raising my hand for some of those things that I really enjoyed doing, but they just, they can't happen anymore. So right. I sort of let go of some of the guilt, not all of it, but I've let go of some of the guilt and I've really think about what doorway do I need to be in? That's the most important doorway that day. So for my daughter, it's observation week at her dance classes. I am going to be in that chair at all three dance classes, no matter what at five thirty or six o'clock in the evening, but right. I don't necessarily need to be in the door when it opens at school at three thirty at dismissal. Right. So I, 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 I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not being in every doorway and they're okay too, by the way. Do you think that your kids are, um, are learning from just seeing you doing all these things? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, they are in and out of the office when they come in from school. So they see everything. And, you know, I, I think your work and mine, we're lucky in that it's pretty tangible stuff. So they can read the pickup line. They can listen to this podcast. They see it mm -hmm. in the real world. So it's not this hidden doorway of I'm behind this doorway right now. Oftentimes, you know, and, and my husband's work is similar, right? So he's in television and he's writing. So on a Saturday morning, he's doing a conference call, preparing for the Sunday Today Show. They're, they're present for all of that. Um, and so all of our work is kind of present at home. And so I think that the thing that we both try to kind of consciously do is not be like moaning and groaning about it. If something didn't go well that day or I had a difficult thing happen, I might try not to like bust in the door and like share that right away. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like the timing of when and where I might have that conversation if something's really like, if I'm very stressed or I'm, you know, and it's, it's hard. I mean, running and owning businesses is like having additional children. So I've got two kids and then the rest are like, I've really got like five kids. So you have yeah, four yeah. kids, but you really have at least five yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you treat these things in the same way and you nurture them in the same way a little bit. Yeah. So um, I think it's about sort of trying to not share the negative or the griping Right. If you're having it and, um, but also let them in a little bit. So if I'm brainstorming something, like I said, naming projects just really consume me. Mm -hmm. I will ask, like if we're on a car ride, I'll ask the team's like thoughts on a tagline or a name I'm working on for a true guys client. What do you guys yep. think of this? You know, and when we'll chat about it while we're, you know, on the highway. Um, so, so they like, can kind of be a part of it. Okay. So the books, well, the book, yes. the, your first book is about, which I think is so sweet and so relatable about, um, well, a certain type of pajama and then, and then the idea of like kids powering down to sleep based on something that you learned in high school, like a method that you learned in high school. I know. I need to track down this high school like right. wellness. <laughs> right. Like, did this I even have, really happen? Am I, not I have this memory where we yeah. were in this. It was like it was either health or PE class, and there was like a wellness module where we were all lying in the high school gym, and the lights were dimmed. Not lying, you know, but and it was this technique called progress, progressive muscle relaxation, uh -huh. where you tense your toes and wiggle them a bit and then release all of the mm -hmm. movement. And you basically move your way up through the different parts of your body and the different muscle groups and like tighten them and then release and like release all that energy, like kind of down into the floor, or down into your bed or down into the yoga mat or whatever you're doing. And I remembered that as a stress management kind of little methodology that I would like call on sometimes if, in my life. If I couldn't sleep at night, I would just sort of do that and work my way through. Or in college, if I was like stressed out about an exam, I might like take a minute and just do that. It's not like I'm a yogi or I have like a specific practice or anything like that. I just truly remembered this little technique. And when my kids, it was actually with my daughter who's older, when she was about two and a half and had transitioned to a big kid bed, 
um, but was still like totally wandering around at night. And it was very hard <laughs> yeah. to make that transition into bed when it's not a crib anymore. Yeah. And I was one night with her and I had read all three stories or even more than that. And I, you know, okay, we turned out all the lights. We had tucked every stuffed animal in. We had done the good night moon thing and said good night to everything else. And it just wasn't working. And I just like went, okay, beep, beep. Now your feet are asleep. Now your knees are asleep. Now your tushies asleep, you know, and just kind of like beeped and worked my way, like just up to all the little parts of her body. Yeah. And um, Buddy's bedtime battery is kind of, is, is inspired by that moment um, where you have a toddler who's super imaginative, who's always someone else, not themselves, you know, uh, and in my, in my imagination, Buddy, the character in this book is about three and a half and his sister's five and three quarters. So she's oh. kindergarten age and he's in preschool and her name is Lady. And um, they, you know, his bedtime routine is this whole process of sort of um, jumping on his mini trampoline, using the space station potty. But his whole thing is that he is not a boy. He is a robot. He is Robuddy. And that happens as soon as he puts on his robot pajamas, which was also kind of a very typical moment in our household where those cute pajamas that are all character based um you know my kids would be sort of that character for the evening and so a lot of it's inspired by um just my own kids but really kind of any little kid i've ever seen who's walking down the streets in new york city or in the park wearing a full halloween costume in yes May, or you yes. know like showing up at school in a superhero cape for no reason other yes. than who they are that day yes and um, there's this tendency as parents to want to kind of like fight that. Yeah. And there are other bedtime stories like dinosaur versus bedtime or just go to bed with the little critters where the parents are sort of like, you know, fighting this, this process or there's a conflict. Uh -huh. And so that, that book's been written and it's been written really well. And that story has right. been told and the story has been told really well a million times too, through good night, good night construction site or good night moon, where you're sort of tucking everything else into bed. And I felt like this story hadn't really been told in a way that worked for me of, you know, how to, how to power down their little body. Well, and I think it's so, I mean, I've like gone through exactly what you said uh, four times now. The first three were like all super close together and it was totally more of like the, oh, like <laughs> I'll do anything, please. You know, like one of you has to go to bed and like somebody, like you said, like the inmates roaming the halls because yes. the, they're out of the crib and whatever. And, um, and then now we have, um, a much younger one. So he's in preschool. I'm about to go pick him up. And then he's going to kindergarten in the fall. And it is like, it's so cute. And so like all rules are off. Like he gets to wear his whale pajamas. Like if he wants to wear them all day, he just, you yeah. know, like he's like Vincent <laughs> the Chinjaganti, like whatever. Like he's just roaming around in a bathroom or whatever. But, um, but what is funny is that it's the fourth kid. And you would think by now there'd be some like magic bullet that we came up with and he still is like can I go to sleep in your bed you know like whatever then he ends up in his bed but the idea of it not just being the little brain that goes to bed makes so much sense and I know you were saying it's not like you're like a yogi or there's some sort of like psychological whatever study that you did on this it just was what worked in your house and it makes so much sense that they also need to make the focus on their bodies chilling out because you're going to bed. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. And I've had many a frustrated night, like 
and so I'm in no way like a parenting expert or yeah, anything but it like that. It's just fun. And it, yeah. you know, it's one tool in the toolbox. And, yes. um, you know, last night my kids are about to turn 12 and 10 and I was like, get out of my room. Yeah. I want to read my book. Please yeah. everybody out because there was like a wrestling match going on yeah. in our king bed. And I'm like, everybody out. So yes. Um, not to say that it will work for everybody, but it is a little bit of fun and, you oh, know, cute and it's fun. Um, and it did, it did, it did help me. So it's, um, it's great. Yeah. And then sorry, grownups, you can't go to school is going to be ready for him for kindergarten. Um, oh, and what's that about? So it's about just that the grownups are trying to go to school and the answer is no. So the, um, the inspiration came for this. And for me, this is a preschool, pre-K, kindergarten, maybe first grade reader. Okay. Um, and it, the inspiration for this one came when um, also my daughter was three. The summer she was three, my son was one. And there was a little, cute little day camp that took three-year-olds um, out on the beach. I was spending some time with my in-laws at their summer house. And, um, you know, had the benefit of not working and being able to kind of unplug and escape with the kids. But I really kind of needed somewhere for her to go a couple mornings a week. And so the, the whole like drop off, don't be sad, I'll be back thing was challenging for us. Yes. So instead, we started this little kind of like scene around the house. And I was, I was there with Jojo and Bumpa, our, my in-laws, um, that's their grandparent Fantastic names. Fantastic grandparent names. Totally great. Yeah. And I would say like, sorry, Jojo, you can't go to camp. And she'd cry. And then I'd say, sorry, Bumpa, you can't go to camp. And Lucy would sort of look over at me and like puff up like a little peacock, you know, and we'd Aww. tell the dog like, Daphne, you can't go to camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, only Lucy can go. Only Lucy can go. Oh, and yeah, so, sorry, grownups, you can't go to school. It's kind of based on that whole twisting things upside down. The, the off to school books tend to have characters that are three S's. They're sad, they're shy, or they're scared. Mm -hmm. And um, that book's been written many times and beautifully about the sad, shy, or scared character, whether it's yeah. the student or sometimes it's the teacher herself or himself. And so that book didn't need to be written again. Um, this one is really about empowerment and all the grownups trying desperately, including the dog, Bow Wow in this case, um, you know, desperately trying to go to school. And it um, has this nice like repetitive chant where it's, sorry, grownups, you can't go to school. Only kids and teachers, only kids and teachers. And when we read it, my little friends get like all kind of puffed up and, um, and full of, full of power and energy. And it's really fun. And that um, I might actually need, like when we, when we stop talking now, I'm heading off to pick up Hugh, who is our five-year-old. Oh, Thank you. And he's, we're going to kindergarten orientation, which are, oh, yes. and it's, you know, it's just like the first time they get to go in and see the classroom, even though it doesn't start for you know, till September, but, yes. um, but awesome. he, this morning was like peppering me with questions about like, will Nico be there? Will Colin be there? Will Colton, be? you know, those are all of his preschool friends who are yeah. for the most part going to other schools. And yep. I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot about all this. He's going to be not that. Like, I mean, we're going to go through that again, which is so cute and charming and sweet, but it is all a part of like their little emotional life. And, and that, that sounds like that book is going to be helpful for him. Yeah, I hope so. And I'd love to come read it. I can read it to him actually by video. I'm happy to do all this for. Oh my gosh. Well, we may have to bring you in as a kindergarten. That might have to be like a special Washington Avenue school. I'd love it. Yeah. I'm, you know, if, if, and for, for listeners, if anybody's an hour drive from Manhattan, I do school visits all the time. And it's honestly, it's like the happiest days for me. I love all my other work, but 
the most fun days I have are when I get to go visit with, with my friends. And we, we don't just read. We also look at sketches and I can explain to them how a story gets made into a book and how I work with an illustrator and a lot of the secrets behind the story that only the author can tell you. Um, and all that fun stuff. And we talk about how anybody can be a writer. All you need is a blank piece of paper. You don't need a fancy cover on a book and you don't need a publisher at all. All you need is an idea and a pencil and you're off. Um, so we have lots of fun. And if any listeners are in our, uh, vicinity of New York city, they can email me through christinageist.com. And, um, that gets to me and, um, you know, we can set up a time probably at this point for the fall. Um, to come hang out. We would love to have you, but for people who want to find Boombox, and I know you just said christinageist.com for, for the book, but how can we find the book that is coming out in July and how can people um, find out about Boombox and how much advance time do you need to put together a Boombox? Like, is it too late for graduation or Father's Day or some of those things still? It's, it's, it's a little, we're getting close. It's yeah. not impossible. So yeah. the, answer, the answer from our team is always yes, and then here's how we can do it. Okay, so, cool. Um, yeah, so people can always find all my stuff at christinageist.com. Um, and that links you through to everything, to True Guys, to Boombox, and to my books, and um, how to pre-order um, Sorry Grownups, or how to purchase Buddy's Bedtime Battery now. That's been out in the market for a couple of years now. Um, Boombox's official site is boomboxgifts.com. Okay. As you can imagine, boombox.com was a tricky yep. get. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are Boombox Gifts with an S on the end, boomboxgifts.com. Um, yeah. And then, you know, our design and strategy work at true guys, we work with corporate clients. We work with startups. We work with businesses like the pickup line all the time to help shape your story and design your brand identity or refresh those pieces if you need it. So, um, all three of those things are accessible through christinageist.com and I'm a real person and I will get all of this communication. Um, and it may take me a little while to get back, but I will, I will get everything that comes through that way. Okay. So I have one last question that now, as you're saying that I forgot to ask, you've mentioned your husband, Willie, who is on the today show and you're talking in this interview about, I don't know if it was marriage advice or parenting advice, but you're basically saying like, just kind of stay in your own, you know, like keep your own, your own domain. Like don't be hard on the other person because you own this domain and this person is sort of the other domain. I think for us, it's about not keeping score. You know, we grew up together. We met in sixth grade when we were the age our daughter is now. Um, And so we... Is that crazy? Is that crazy to be able to look at your daughter and think that? It's a little crazy, yeah. Oh my God, that is... (laughs) I remind her all the time, I'm like, don't worry. You don't have to marry any of these guys. Oh, <laughs> or, or, or you may anyway. Or, or may you not. might, but it's not normal. Yeah. It is. Yes. Right, 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 right. It's not, it's not yeah, the yeah, norm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we, we came up as friends and peers and classmates and equals academically. And so um, we're just, we have a kind of just way of getting through life and enjoying life where we don't hold each other accountable for if he takes a guy trip, I want him to, I'm happy for it. When he gets back, I'm not going to 
punish him and force him to hang out with the kids the next weekend because he got to see his friends. Like, and we, you know, we, when we were, when we had babies, he was working in early morning television. So of course I'm up with the newborn. He can't be up with a newborn because he has to go write a TV show at three in the morning. So there was no way to sort of do that, like kind of like tit for tat stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we just, we try really hard to just like kind of look each other in the eye when one person really needs something or maybe needs a little space or maybe needs to like vent a little bit. We, we forgive each other and like, just let it be. Um, and I think a lot of that in parenting does tend to happen with social stuff and spending time going on a girl's trip with the girls or getting out of town here or going out here and feeling like, well, I was home with them now and you Uh should, you know, and there's like this, this kind of dynamic that can develop. That's not ultimately good for anybody. So we've just not done that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so simple, but when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that's so, it's like, you know, the tit for tat that I think we all know is not, not necessarily the way, not necessarily the most productive way to go. Yeah. And look, I mean, it's not perfect, right? Like sometimes you're like, oh, it would be nice if you took the garbage out, but we, you know, well, you know. Like, we'll simply turn to each other and be like, you know what, hon, it'd be great if you could take that garbage out. And actually that's why we had children. Exactly. It's time for that. (laughs) All right. On that pleasant note, Christina Geist, thank you so much for being here. I love hearing about all the hats that you are wearing. And um, uh, everybody, go check out Boombox Gifts right now. That's seriously, after I go to kindergarten orientation, I'm heading there to um, look for a lot of the gifts and take some of the stress off of myself for all the things, all the bases I need covered coming up on the calendar. We'll be here. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Patty. Thanks, Christina. Thanks for listening to today's Pickup Line podcast. If you like what you hear, you're going to love our daily newsletter for mom. Check us out at thepickupline.net and subscribe by texting pickup line, that's one word, pickup line, to 22828.